Hey, everybody, I'm Allie Thompson, founder of Treasured Ministries, author of the Nourish Bible Study series, and creator of the Nourish Bible Study method. And I want to welcome you to the Treasured Ministries podcast. Now, at Treasured Ministries, what we do is we help women to transform their lives by changing their approach to Bible study. And we also teach those timeless truths inside of the Bible that can heal soul hearts. Today, I want to talk to you about finding courage to declutter your life. Because the reality is, is that part of moving forward always, always requires letting go. And so I want to ask you a question. What is cluttering your life, stealing your time, your energy, and your focus. And you know those things are taking away from time in your life, but you fear letting them go. Well, like I said, moving forward always requires courage to let go. And in today's podcast, we're going to be talking about how you can find the confidence to say no and release life's clutter so that you can live directed and not distracted to make a difference. Now, you and I are living in what uh, what people are saying is the age of distraction. I want to read this quote from Psychology Today. It says, The sheer volume of information that we are exposed to in these days, talking about all the technology that we have and so forth, can attack all of our senses. While the age of information may have made us better connected and informed, it has also made our lives more rushed, more hectic, and more distracted. Research is now proving that the brain is not able to cope with the amount of information we received, and our ability to disconnect from the outside and be present in the moment is actually decreasing. Are you, do you feel like you're drowning in distractions? You know, distractions can be very dangerous because they really can threaten the dream that God has given us. We can have the best of intentions to want to focus on our dream and then a text message comes in. Or there's just, there's just things in our lives that are creating all this clutter and we're living distracted. And because we live in this age of distraction, it's never been more important to live with focus. If we're going to find balance in life, it means that we have to keep our eyes on Jesus and look to him. And what happens is sometimes Jesus will tell us to let go of things or unhealthy relationships or sinful habits, and it's hard to find that courage to say no. And we find ourselves maybe living a busy but barren life without balance, joy, and fulfillment. Now, if there's something about me that no one needs to tell me to do, that it just comes naturally today, and that is that I am a hard worker. My dad was a hard worker. My mom was a hard worker. I learned good work ethic from them. But the Bible says that it's hard work and planning that 
we make our purposes come to pass. And some of us are working really hard because we'll start out the day with a focus, but then we become frazzled because we come pulled in so many different directions and we just don't have the confidence to say no. Well, see, here's the deal. Multitasking doesn't work. It doesn't work. And God says it this way. Uh, He says this, No one can serve two masters, for you will either hate one or love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and be enslaved to money. Now, he was speaking about money then, and that's certainly true. And money is important because the Bible says that where your treasure is, your heart is. But we can also apply that same principle to other areas in our life. We cannot serve God and be distracted by a million other things inside of our life. We, the Bible tells us to seek Him first. And the Bible also says in Hebrews 12, uh, verses 1 through 2, that we need to let go of what is entangling us so that we can fix our eyes on Jesus and continue to follow Him with passion, and with purpose. I want to talk to you today about finding the courage to declutter your life. Because the reality is, is that a God-ordained direction diffuses distractions in our life to make us more productive by living with intention. Now, in the book of Luke, in the 10th chapter, verses 38 through 42, I'm actually going to be in the 10th chapter of Luke today. I'm going to start out in the latter part, starting in verse 38 uh, through 42. And it says this, As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into their home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he had taught. But Martha was distracted. Did you hear that? Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. And she came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. See, Martha was distracted by doing, and she was doing good things. How many of you are like me? You get to the end of the day, and you might feel frazzled and worn out, and you've been working so hard, but you don't feel fulfilled because you never got to that blog that you wanted to start writing or that 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 friend that you wanted to reach out to because you were so distracted maybe doing things for other people that you never got to what God really wanted you to do. And how many of you, like me, find yourself like Martha? You're blaming other people and, you know, blaming this and blaming that. Well, let's see. Let's see what what the Lord says to her. Verse 41, But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. But there is only one thing being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken from her. Now, my translation, the New Living Translation, says discovered. Your Bible might actually say 
chosen. Mary has chosen it. And actually, the Greek word means chosen. And what I want you to see is that Mary made a choice. And we need to take ownership over those decisions because, see, the reality is, is that blaming others that you don't have balance in your life will not help you. But seeking Jesus for spirit-led solutions and choices will. And see, Mary had confidence to choose to let go of where she should be to be where God wanted her to be. And the reason why she had confidence to do that, the Bible tells us she was sitting at the feet of Jesus. You see, God's filters give you permission to say no so you can say yes to your purpose. And when you focus on Jesus, he will give you a filter that you can apply to your life with confidence to let go of chaos and center your life around where he wants you to be. Now, you might be saying, well, what's the big deal? I mean, she was just sitting at his feet. Here's the big deal. Mary, at that time, number one, women were absolutely expected to serve. Number two, she was a woman, and women were not taught by rabbis. Jesus was a rabbi. And so essentially, Mary had to say no to a lot. She had to say no to what the culture told her she should do. She had to say no to what was expected of her as a woman. And she had to say no to her sister because you know her sister was probably huffy right? And, 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 and maybe saying things or slamming those dishes around the house, maybe trying to make her feel guilty. The Bible doesn't say, but I, I don't know. You know how you can just feel that in the air when somebody is all huffy? She had to say no to guilt to be guided by the Holy Spirit. And she had confidence to do that because of where her focus was. Her focus was on Jesus. And because it was on Jesus, she gained what I call a holy filter. When I have a holy filter, you can say no with confidence. You can let go of the shoulds and instead be tied to the Holy Spirit, obedient to what He wants you to do. You see, when we seek our Creator, not our culture, not what other people are thinking. Oh my goodness, how much time would we save in our lives if we stop worried about what other people think, right? When we seek our creator as our compass, we find a holy filter to confidently make decisions to release, to make room for God's best. Now, in the beginning of the 10th chapter of Luke. God is, God has, uh, the Lord, it says this, the Lord now has chosen 72 other disciples and sent them out. So Jesus has chosen disciples and he's sending them out. And then the Bible goes on to tell us these very practical instructions that Jesus gave to them. Now, how many of you are so excited that when God calls you to do something, he also gives you instructions 
step-by-step instructions on how to do things. What's interesting about this is that Jesus started with very practical steps, right? Very practical steps. Can I share with you that um, as I'm taping this, it's the beginning of January and uh, and back in November, I started setting goals and uh, and there's lots of great systems out there, you know, people that teach about goal setting. And I really like Shalene Johnson. And one of Shalene's philosophies, she's a believer. She has a secular company, but I really love her stuff. So, and, and they work for me. You might find something else that works for you. This one works for me. But one of her principles is that you set 10 goals and then you create what's called a push goal. You can Google that, look it up. But your push goal is created and that's the goal that's going to make all the other goals happen. And so I set these big 10 goals for 2019 that I really felt like the Lord had laid on my heart. And then I began to play, Lord, what is my push goal? And I really sought God on this, you know, just spent some time in his word, just really prayed. And I was hoping God would give me something like, I don't know, big and impressive and sexy to do. Do you know what I'm trying to say? And here's what he whispered. I don't mean in an audible voice. I just mean you know that you know in your heart it's God speaking. Here's what he said to me. Clean out your house and create clear, holy habits for the morning and the evening. Now, I'm going to get into habits in another podcast But God very specifically told me to clean out my office, to clean out and clear out my house. And I don't have time to go into it, but it was the domino that was going to create a force that would help every single one of my other goals. My goals to love my husband and my family well. My goals to be productive uh, for Treasure Ministries. My goals to start writing more. It would have an effect on all of those. And if you look inside of the Bible, for example, I, I, I'm starting to see this principle everywhere. But when, when Joshua was getting ready to take the Israelites into the promised land, the very first thing that he told them to do was not to take Jericho. No, it was to prepare. And see, we've got to get organized before we tackle, before we, we've got to, you know, see that these little practical details given by God are important. And part of following God and walking out your purpose is having that courage to declutter. And your house may be all cleaned out. And I'm not necessarily talking about your house. There's a lot of other things that we need to release in our life. And inside of this passage in Luke, in the 10th chapter, as we look inside of these instructions, we're going to see some things that Jesus was asking them to release so that they could make room for God's best. Are you ready? The first thing is this. They had to release good works to make time for their God work. Now, all of these disciples were sent out. Uh, They were uh, called away from their areas of employment uh, or whatever it was that they were doing. 
And they had to let go of something good to do their God work. Now, I'm not saying you need to let go of your job. But what I am saying is that you may have some very good things on your calendar that you're doing that are good works, but maybe they're not God works. And see, time is finite. So what I mean by that is that there's only 24 hours in a day. You can't produce more time. In order to find more time to fulfill your calling, sometimes you have to do what I call a calendar inventory and ask God, what do I need to release? You see, only works that are initiated by the Holy Spirit receive a spiritual dividend. Only works prompted by the Holy Spirit. And so I want to ask you, is there something that you're doing? And it's a good thing. But in 2019, you need to release it so that you can make room for your God work. That's the first thing. All right, I'm going to read on. It says, The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to the towns and the places he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into the fields. Now go and remember, I am sending you out as lambs among wolves. Let's stop right there. Have you ever noticed how when God calls us to do something that he will send us to a place, well, where, you know, it's, it's fearful, right? I mean, he even said, I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. Sometimes uh, God will, well, all the time, I feel like God is pushing us out of our comfort zone and placing us, sort of just putting us in the deep end sometimes. And, you know, that's a good thing. Because it causes us to depend on him. But see, if we don't release fear in our life, you know, I mean, what if the disciples said, well, I don't think I'm going to go out among the wolves, right? If we don't release fear in our life, we won't have room for faith. We need to release because God is going to call us to places that we do not want to go. And see, here's the thing that's so interesting. In the Bible, um, wolves were, uh, they, they were people, and in other places in Scripture it depicts this, but they were people that were religious on the outside, but had, had just on the inside, they had no heart. They were people that were so tied to the old covenant that they couldn't embrace the new, Right? They were the self-righteous Pharisees, okay? And so, and so we, can, we can parallel that with this, is that, you know, we've all got those old ways of thinking, those old habits, those old things that we've been doing, and it's fearful to leave that. I mean, I, a lot of people, like, bash the Pharisees and all that, but, you know, when I step back and think about it, you know, it's hard to leave comfort it's fearful to, even if that comfort is dysfunctional, right? Like, and the old covenant was, I mean, well, it was dysfunctional because Jesus came to replace all that with the new covenant. What do I mean by this? There are some old ways of thinking that are making you fearful to step into the new, and you've got to release that to make room for faith in your life. I just heard this. Um, we've uh, Debo Sweeney, who is the football coach of Clemson. I, 
I uh, never followed sports so much as I do now because one of my children just loves sports. So, but Dabo Sweeney is uh, the coach of Clemson. They just won the national championship. And I just found out his life story and understand now that he grew up inside of poverty. His father was an alcoholic. And so he had a lot of stuff in his background, but, but, but he attributes his success first and foremost to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he also said this in an interview that I love. Um, he says, you have to believe the rest of your life can be the best of your life. And if you never move forward, if you don't let go of your fear, you can't move forward into what God has for you. Would you be willing to release fear to make room for faith? The next thing is this, to release self-reliance makes room to receive more, to be able to give more. The first thing is this, remember the partnership. Now, it says here that the Lord chose 72 other disciples and sent them out in pairs. God doesn't want you to serve alone. He wants you to, to look for those divine partnerships. And it's great because, you know, you don't have every single spiritual gift. You don't have every, but, but if you're like me, self-reliance fights sometimes hard with with surrendering to God, right? Because in you know, I don't have to depend on other people and that puts you sort of in a vulnerable position, but it's not God's idea. And I don't mean that you should partner with everybody. I mean, it says that Jesus joined them in pairs. But look for those God-ordained connections because that will allow you to stay in your lane, to stay in your gifting. And there's somebody out there that's gifted with abilities that you don't have. And God will call that person to come alongside of you. But if you're doing the Lone Ranger, you got to release that, right? And you've got to be able to receive. Why? So that you can give more. Number two under self-reliance is to ask for help. It says this, so pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields. So Jesus says there to ask for help. Ask for help. Now he was talking about like, you know, the, the sharing the gospel globally speaking, but, but, but it, it implies this thing, you know, that, that it is going to be overwhelming when we serve God, but we must ask for help. And we must not feel like that we need to do everything. That's actually a very prideful approach to serving the Lord. And here's what I always say, ready? Release tasks in delegation before you find yourself in desperation. I'm going to say that again. Release tasks in delegation before you find yourself in desperation. It goes on to say in, uh, in verse 7, it says this when it's talking about uh, that, that they find themselves in a home. It says this, don't move around from home to home. Stay in one place, eating and drinking what they provide, you know, after they were sent out. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality because those who work deserve their pay. Are you willing to be a receiver? You know, receiving is hard. 
Receiving is hard because it puts us in a place of vulnerability, but it's God's way. And God wants to give to you through prayer by asking not, you know, so that you have what you need to do all that God has called you to do. My prayer life used to be teeny tiny until God uh, convicted me that it was self-reliance that was holding me back in my prayers that I really didn't feel worthy enough to ask. But that's prideful self-reliance. God wants us to depend on him and others that he partners us with. You must not have this Lone Ranger attitude that you need to do everything. You must release tasks and delegation before you find yourself in desperation. All right, the next one. Release provision to make room for the provider. Now, I love this one. Now, it says this in verse 4. Don't take any money with you, nor a traveler's bag, nor an extra pair of sandals. And I know, are you thinking what I was thinking? Okay, Jesus. But, you know, I mean, they're going out. How are they going to have money to do what what you've called them to do? How are they going to eat? But see, when God calls us, a lot of times he will put us in place. He wants us to be dependent on him so that our dependency will will rest in the provider and not in the provision. And sometimes when we have too much provision, our our focus can shift. And see, all provision in our life, it's not even for us. It's it's for us to do God's work. It's for us to, to give to other people and, yes, to take care of our needs, but also to give to other people. And if we're not careful, well, instead of our attachment being on our provider, it can become on the provision. And so oftentimes, I think that God calls us to places where we have little so that we'll learn to trust him. There's a big difference in believing God is your provider and trusting him for that provision. The other thing is this, that releasing stuff brings clarity in your life. It brings clarity. I mean, our brains have to, like when we see things, it has to process. When we, the less we have, really the more fulfilled we are. And if we're going to follow Jesus, sometimes that means letting go of things. Janie Allen has written a really great book called Anything, The Prayer That Unlocked My Soul. And uh, I read that book, I think it was about five years ago, and loved it. And I'm actually, it's on my reading list to read again this year because it's just very inspiring. Um, But Janie Allen began to just pray, God, anything that you want me to do, right? And one of the things that God laid on her heart and her husband's heart too was to sell their home so that they could have resources to do ministry. And from that sale of her home, she's done a lot of things, but one that I know that you probably are familiar with, and that is her IV gatherings. And it's just very inspiring to listen to that. Now, God may not, you know, I'm not saying God is telling you to sell your home. That's not what I'm saying in this podcast. And that's not what Janie Allen is saying either. Janie Allen probably would say, pray and ask God anything, anything, Lord, right? 
and you can know for certain. You don't have to be afraid to let go of it. If God has asked you to let go of it, it's because he wants to make room for more in your life, more in your life. And I don't mean more things. I mean, you know, cultivating those eternal purposes in our life that bring more fulfillment than things. The next thing is to release your secondary until you've accomplished your primary. Now, let me explain this. Right after he says to them, don't take any money with you, nor traveler's bag, nor an extra pair of sandals, he says, and don't greet anyone on the road. Now, and I read that for the first, you know, and I said, well, that seems odd because we're called to love one another. I mean, that just seems very antisocial. But when I read commentary on it, 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 it shed a lot of light on it. So Jesus wasn't telling them to be antisocial, but what he was saying was you need to be focused. You need to be focused. How many of you uh, have the best of intentions in the morning and you set out to do what God has called you to do and then ping, ping, text messages going off or an email you've got to attend to or all those distractions come in, come in on your life. That's the very first thing I thought about when I read this to practically apply it. Uh, I mean, they were meeting people on the road, but I mean, we've got all this social media stuff. You know what I've started doing? I started turning my phone on do not disturb and not opening up my social media apps until after I sit at the Lord's feet and have my quiet time and after I do that one important thing that I want to do today. In other words, after I've asked God, what is the one thing that I need to do today? And after I've done that one thing, then I answer emails. Then I get back to text messages, but not before. All right. The next thing is to release relationships where God is calling you to let go. Now, let me give you the context for this. In verse 8, it says this, If you enter a town and it welcomes you, eat whatever is set before you, heal the sick, and tell them the kingdom of God is near you now. But if a town refuses to welcome you, go out into its streets and say, We wipe even the dust of your own town from our feet to show you we have abandoned you to your fate. And know this, the kingdom of God is near. I assure you, even the wicked Sodom will be better off than such a town on Judgment Day. Now, you might be reading that and saying, well, that's like pretty harsh. But I think that for me, this sort of taps into this truth that that the Holy Spirit invites us to follow him, but he never forces us to follow him, right? And that when we are helping others and they clearly don't want to be helped, well, there's not going to be a harvest there. Do you know what I'm saying? And sometimes one of the most loving things that you can do is to just back away for a while Spend your time and energy somewhere helping somebody else that like is ready to be helped or wants to be helped, right? 
And it's almost in the pulling back that there's an awareness because really what you want people to do is not to depend on you, but to depend on the Lord. And one of the things that I learned uh, when God healed me through my codependency was that I got a lot of worth and value out of helping people, that I was the rescuer or that I wanted to be the rescuer. And I got worth and value out of that. And so I was a fixer. And I had on my Holy Spirit Junior badge, here to help you, God, right? And see, here's the thing. When we get worth and value out of helping others, or when we feel like that, you know, that our goal is to convert this part, really, our goal is to follow Jesus. Our goal is to share the gospel. Not everybody's going to accept that. And if, if people don't accept that, but we keep hammering them, about, it's, it's not going to work. And so sometimes we're trying to help people that don't want to be helped. We're trying to be a fixer. We're trying to be the rescuer. Well, Jesus Christ is the rescuer, not us. And our role is to be obedient. And you may have been trying to help someone and they're just refusing your help. And maybe it is that it's time for you to let go. Now, you should be led by the Holy Spirit on this, first and foremost. But perhaps it is that it's time for you to back away. And in the backing away, they might find the Lord. And if you don't release well, sometimes then we don't make room for God to be the Savior because those people might see you as the Savior. Capiche? All right. So releasing good works makes room for your God work. Releasing fear makes room for faith. Releasing self-reliance makes room to receive more so you can give more. Releasing provision makes room for the provider. Releasing your secondary... Uh, le- allows you to accomplish your primary and releasing relationships where God is calling you to let go. It makes room, really, for God to be God and for you to start to invest and cultivate in a relationships elsewhere. All right. So what happens when we set these God-ordained boundaries and why, why should we do that? Well, the Bible tells us that the disciples came back with joy and they reported to Jesus. They said, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. In other words, they were filled with joy because they were, they were being the hand, they, they were doing God's work. And Jesus comes back to them and says, you know, don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. And, and, and the reason is, I'll just, I'm going to get on a sidetrack now, but the reason is, is that that's really where the joy should stem from so that on those days where we're serving the Lord and we're not seeing miracles, I mean, you know, and things are hard, that there's still a place of joy, right? Um, and that should be first and foremost. But, 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 but there is this wonderful fulfillment that happens at the end of our day when we know that we've made a difference for eternity. See, the result of releasing clutter 
is cultivating a harvest for eternity as you pursue your God-given purpose. God-ordained boundaries bring balance to you and blessing to others. Guard your time with God's guidance to give yourself fully to your purpose. See, true success is not as the world sees it. It's really at the end of the day, did I do what God wanted me to do? Was I present for my family? Um, For you, it might be, you know, for me right now, it's did I cultivate this life-giving home when my when my husband came home? Did it, did I love on him and and you know really clearing out the clutter in my house and uh, and just being more responsible and not spreading my workout, my writing out all over the place, just keeping it in my office and turning off my computer at five and you know those were all practical details, but they've made a difference. They've made a difference in the way that I work, but most importantly, the difference where it matters, my family feels it. And at the end of the day, that's where our true success lies. The more God-ordained structure you create, the more freedom you have to follow Christ. You see, God-ordained direction diffuses distractions and makes us more productive because we can live with intention. So, in closing today, how are we going to put all this into practice? I want you to spend some consider spending some time this week in prayer, using your quiet time and asking God to give you a filter. Lift up your calendar to him and say, "God, is there a good work that is not my God work?" that I need to release to have more time to do what you want me to do. Look at all that you're doing and the people in your life. Lord, is there someone that you want me to partner with? Give me the courage to delegate and show me what I can delegate. And let me, give me the courage to do that, to release tasks and delegation before I find myself in desperation. Number three, ask him, Lord, what about things in my life? Is there, are there, is there an area I need to clean out? Are, are there things that I'm too attached to that maybe I need to let go of for a while? Last March, God called me to go on a clothing fast. I mean, I I haven't bought anything since since last March, and I I do love I do love to go shop. I do love clothes, but and and because the Holy Spirit prompted me. Now here's here's the big thing about all of this, is that. You know, we that that you don't need to do. You need to be prompted by the Holy Spirit in all of this because if you're just doing it because somebody else is doing it or whatever, it's going to be like trying to follow the law, right? But when the Holy Spirit prompts us to let go of something, we know that it's going to be a blessing. And can I share with you? It has been just such a gift, such a gift, and it's really been a place of freedom. So ask God, are there things? And what a time saver too, right? I mean, as far as the less things you have to take care of, the more time you have to do things that really matter 
I saw a Facebook post from a woman that I just love. She's um, she is a grandma, much older than I, but she wrote this post and she was sitting there with people that she loved, and she said, "Who needs gifts this Christmas?" And I say, "Amen to that," because the stuff is not going to make you happy. It's not going to make you happy. Next morning distractions. Is there a new discipline I need to cultivate in my mornings so that I can focus on my primary and let go of the secondary? And the last thing is your relationships. God, am I helping somebody that's not really ready to be helped? Am I trying to be a fixer? Am I trying to be the rescuer? Lord, show me who that is and give me courage to step back so that they can see you as the rescuer. So pray. And these prayer prompts that I gave you, they are just ideas, but really the most important thing is just to seek God. Read Hebrews 12, 1 through 2, and ask God, Lord, what in my life, what sin habit, what unhealthy relationship, you know, things, what needs to go? What is entangling me from following you? And then when you have that filter, understand that there's freedom on the other side when you follow. Thanks so much for listening in today. If you want to learn more about discerning the voice of God in your life, I want to invite you to download our free ebook, Her Nourished Heart. You can go to www.hernourishedheart.com and get your copy for free today. Thanks again for listening in. Bye-bye.